Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noda Francesco, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing after the, uh, really the massive downfall? I don't, we'll get into it, but how are you doing after Thursday? Mrs. Husker Dan took away all sharp objects so I couldn't, you know, harm myself. So, <laughs> no. I, yeah, it's, it's, we're going to, we got a lot to cover today. Uh, and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that game, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, uh, anybody who saw it knows exactly what happened. And uh, so anyhow, so you yeah. want to talk about volleyball in front? Uh, yeah, let's do that real quick. I don't know if we need to spend, I mean, obviously it's a huge milestone. They broke the women's attendance record. If you didn't see volleyball day in Nebraska was a huge success. 92,003 people, uh, were in the total attendance. So that was the final attendance, uh, all time world attendance record for a women's sporting event. Just absolutely amazing. Uh, Nebraska won. I mean, they swept you and it wasn't a close game, but still the, point was that it was uh the the world record breaking event so uh, just really awesome to see that for for nebraska volleyball I and mean, great recruiting obviously so yeah any any quick thoughts on that grandpa yeah i think the game itself was an afterthought it was like yeah oh, crap we have all these people when you know ninety two thousand plus people i i saw that and i didn't i didn't believe it i mean it was hard to fathom you and i have been talking about this for months i thought maybe they get 40 maybe fifty thousand people i never dreamed uh that that they would break the all-time world record for uh attendance at a woman's sporting event that's just it's just crazy um john cook got really emotional uh one of his players said uh coach make the impossible possible and when he was you know telling that he, he choked up so he has to be, and in Trev Alberts, they've hit the grand slam home run, uh, you know, in the bottom of the ninth inning to win the World Series. That was a that was a a moment that we'll never I, we'll never see the likes of that even in your lifetime. That that is no, no I mean, and there's there's no other fan base that would do that. Like for example, right. you could say, "Oh, Ohio State, we're gonna do the same thing," but no one cares about their volleyball team that well. Like it's not the, the fan bases. And I, I was looking at Twitter after that or the night of, and watching all the videos and stuff because obviously I couldn't be there. Uh, I wish I could. That would have been amazing. But uh, it was they were, everyone was just Nebraska is the best fan base overall hands down and i think that that proves it so yeah that's just really awesome to see so uh anything else you want to say about that before we move into the disappointment of the week yeah (laughs) all right where do you want to where do you want to start with this minnesota game if for people that don't know uh first of all what were you doing thursday night that you didn't watch the first nebraska game under (laughs) that rule uh second of all uh final score 13 to 10 minnesota they score they they kick a field goal to win it as time expires um, and Matt Rule is 0-1 in conference play and has yet to find his first win as Oscar coach. Uh, Grandpa, where should we start here? Because there's a lot of different places, negative and positive, we can start here. Where do you want to start? Well, you know, anybody who has been watching Husker football, you you, you know, long about the third or fourth quarter, you start saying, I think I've seen this somewhere before. You have a quarterback uh-huh. who is the leading rusher, uh, and uh, and you have a, a team that commits stupid penalties. Some some penalties are okay, but we had some just doozies. 
one of them got a player uh, kicked out of the the game, Ty Robinson. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the four turnovers. That's the story of the game. You there's no. I don't care if you're playing high school football. You cannot have four turnovers in a game and expect to win. Nebraska had a chance to win it in the fourth quarter, and and it took a last second field goal to beat Nebraska. So that says something about the defense. Uh, so it, it was it was heartbreaking because we've been there before. It was just like Adrian Martinez and Scott Frost uh, back on the field, and that was that was uh, really. Uh, it, it was hard to take because I thought I thought we would I thought we would win the game. That's and that's not just drinking the Kool Aid. I thought Nebraska and and take away the four turnovers and Nebraska wins that game probably easily. Yes, and that's the that's the tragic part about it. So many of these Big Ten teams or really good teams will wait for you to mess up, and then they'll pounce on it. And that's exactly what uh, Minnesota did Thursday night. Yeah, and that's what you said in our preview episode last week. You said Minnesota's a team that's just going to wait and see if you can beat yourself. This Minnesota team is not good. This Minnesota team will probably not make a bowl game, I, I want to say. They're, they have a solid defense, but other than that, their offense clearly can't score. Uh, I mean, you look at the, the – the only reason that Minnesota scored – let's see. I mean, Minnesota scored 10 of their 13 points off of turnovers – in Nebraska, with Nebraska giving them great field position, like that's a that's an ineffective offense. That's the definition of an ineffective offense, right there. When you can only actually score three points with your entire offense, which I mean, you take away those turnovers. Kudos to Nebraska's defense for holding yes. Minnesota. There were a few drives that I thought, oh boy, this is Minnesota's going to get a touchdown. They're going to get all the momentum, and it's just, they're just going to run away with it. And that was in the first half. Second half, different story. Uh, third quarter, especially different story. But. Um, I mean, I think that, I mean, it's just Nebraska won this game for Minnesota. There's no other way to put it. If you're a Minnesota fan, you probably would agree with that. With that. Minnesota did not win this game. Nebraska won this game for Minnesota just with stupid yeah. mistakes and giving yep. them the ball. You look at the first, the, the very end of the first half, the one thing you cannot do for, in, from like second and goal with seven seconds left is – throw an interception and what is number and what does Jeff Sims do he throws a pick right to the guy of course it was great bait coverage whatever you want to say but still why is the play call I mean I understand the play call is to pass there and you want to get a touchdown but if you're gonna throw a fade you throw it over like it's it's either your guy or no one because you you have to get the three points there and go in tied at half or up, I, I forget what the score was at the point at the time. I think was it ten seven. Three to nothing. It was three to nothing. Three, three nothing. Oh, that's right. I forgot that it was very low scoring first half. But yeah, you got to go into the half at least tied. Um, and I mean, you you can't just leave points out on the field. It, it, it's 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 crazy. So I, I just think that uh, I mean. It's it is what it is, but you you can't leave points on the field. You can't leave three points on the field in the game. The game was decided by three points. And well, first of all, Grandpa, I like it. What do you that that Gabe Irvin run that looked like it was a oh. touchdown that they said wasn't after they reviewed it uh, the the play before Jeff Sims threw the interception. Did you think that was a touchdown? It looked like a touchdown from my point of view. What are your thoughts on that? I know all of this is retroactive, and it and it it doesn't really matter. 
anyway, because Nebraska lost the game, but this could have changed the course of the game. What did, what did you see on that? Did you think that was a touchdown? You know, it, it just depended on the camera angle and, but it's an, the other thing that was upsetting. We had a chance to redeem ourselves on that was uh, on that just before the first half ended. Um, Jeff Sims tried to do the fade route and he got it intercepted. But he had he had uh, Nate Borkercher wide open on a, just about a yard deep in the end zone. Didn't even look at him. He would that yep. would now. There's seven points. You go into the half. You're up seven to three, and you probably end up winning the game despite all those stupid turnovers. So yeah, uh, it's, it's, it was just, it was gut wrenching because you know that the team can play better than that. We'll find out a lot more about Nebraska and TCU and Colorado coming up this Saturday, but that's, we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. Later. We'll get into that later. I have some thoughts on that. And uh, it will, of course we'll talk about that later. Um, surprises, surprises wise, positives, at least Nebraska only allowed 55 yards of rushing right. to be fair. Minnesota, it's not Mo Ibrahim. It's Sean, it's Sean Tyler. And he wasn't really that good of a running back. Um, but 55 yards of rushing is something Nebraska has not that's that's not a number it's it's usually above 100 even for teams that aren't that good at running the ball so that's a huge positive I think for Nebraska um going into next week of course Colorado doesn't run the ball that much but we can talk about that in a minute um what else were you surprised pleasantly surprised by in this game I know there were a lot of bad surprises but what what was something you were pleasantly surprised by here, Grandpa? The defense and the special teams. I'd give I give uh, them probably a you know grade for both. Um, the the uh, kickoff return by uh, Ramir Johnson was just beautiful. He was yeah. I, I thought he was going to take it to the house. I really I thought, thought he was too. I was <laughs> I was I may have been standing up and yelling and jumping around at that point, but uh, only only the security cameras in our house will know that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that was certainly a, a bright spot. And holding uh, with four, four turnovers, and you hold, you know, a team that in the last two years has, has won nine games in consecutive years, and allow you know allow thirteen points. Uh, that's amazing. And in the course of fifty-five rushing yards, we out yarded uh, Minnesota two ninety-five to two fifty-one, but still found a way to lose the game. Yeah, that and well, and that's is. the turnover battle. That's the main thing. Oh, there is. of course, yeah. They don't need. They didn't need to gain as many yards to score points because sure. we gave them field positions. So, yep. I mean, that is Nebraska outgaining Minnesota two ninety five to two fifty one is. I mean, that's something Nebraska has been struggling to do. Uh, it's a kind of a problem that it's only it's nearly three hundred yards of total offense. I mean, that's not terrible. It's not great. From where you'd want to see Nebraska, I would hope that Nebraska could score more than ten points. They should have scored more than ten points. Uh, but what did you think of that the the trick play that ended up in our touchdown? Kind of, it, it was kind of a botched trick play, but it ended up working. What did you, it looked like? It was weird to me when it first went off, and I was like, "Oh no, this is they totally screwed this up." And awesome by Jeff Sims to 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 find that poise and find uh, who was it? Um, 
Alex Bullock. Uh, yeah, Alex. Yeah, uh, in the in the back of the end zone, there it's completely uncovered. Uh, but then I got thinking, oh, maybe they designed it. Like maybe it's like the fumble Ruski play, and that, <laughs> that's that, that. But I don't. I don't think that's what happened. I think it genuinely was just a, a screwed up trick play. But what what did you think of Marcus Satterfield's offense? Uh, in in whole in the in, sorry in total in this game, what did you think of the offense? Well, it's not his fault, but uh, just the 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 turnovers were just inexcusable. Just so you'd have to give the offense a D D plus, maybe something like that. But going back to that play, you know, I I think as as I was listening to you talk, I think that that the 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 pass that went over well out of out of uh, Jeff Sims' reach, uh, Anthony Grant through the through the lateral, yeah. That helped make that play work because uh, had had Sims not just picked up that ball on a on a bounce, that would have been a disaster. We would have lost probably ten yards at least. But he had enough presence of mind and poise to keep. He knew where he knew the where the play was supposed to be, and and Bullock was just standing there. There wasn't anybody within twenty yards. No, no, that was just amazing. Don't overthrow him, don't you know? And they just lobbed the perfect pass into him. That was that was exciting. That was the only touchdown Nebraska got. But again, mm-hmm. Minnesota's defense last year, if you want to base on past performance, they were the number nine ninth ranked team in 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 all of college football in total defense. So that we were able to move the ball, we just had to get a, get out of our own way. I mean, yeah, that's clearly a game Nebraska should have won. And the the sad part about that is if we come down and let's say it's the last game of the season. Iowa comes to Lincoln and we have to have one win to, uh, to become bowl eligible. Uh, and you look back on that game and say, wow, we, we could have made it and we would have been there. And that, yeah. that's, that's the sad part of it. And, and give, I don't want to take anything away from Minnesota. They played well. It was their first game. Their quarterback was not uh, Tanner Morgan, who was played most of the year, except, no. uh, uh, Alan, I guess, is his, his first yeah, name. Athen is Athen Kaliak Manis, I believe, is what his yeah, name yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, he he came in and and I think we would have been better with Tanner Morgan a year ago, but I, we'll never know. But um, yeah, it's just it was a winnable game. That was the frustrating part about the whole thing. Just just winnable. Uh, I I I I don't think people should be. Oh wow, we had another close game. Nebraska is six and twenty-one in one-score games over the past five years. Six and 20. You got to be kidding me. I mean, they showed a graphic at one point during the game, and it was going all the way back. It was just all of Nebraska's one-score losses uh, going back to the Illinois game of 2021, Uh uh, that that opening game against Illinois where we lost by eight. Um, And it's just – it's so painful to to look at. All the the one-score losses, it's just – if. Nebraska doesn't shoot themselves in the foot straight for the past three years. We probably make a bowl game every single year and have a shot at the Big Ten West title, which is just insane that it's just it, – it's that's why I appreciate Matt Rule's focus on the fundamentals. Clearly, it's, it's taking a little bit to kick in. This Nebraska team, as you said, it had shades of Scott Frost, Adrian Martinez teams. I think this team – uh, by the end of the year, I think it's going to keep progressing. The, you make the most growth yeah. with your team between week one and week two. 
Right. And Nebraska has extra days to improve that because they played on a Thursday and now they play on a Saturday uh, in Boulder. So I think that there's going to be a lot of improvement. This Colorado game is going to be interesting. Uh, I, 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 I mean, it's going to be – We'll talk about it in a minute, but it's there's a lot of stuff I have to say about that. Um, Ty Robinson being kicked out of this game, he's got to sit off the first half of the CU game. Right. Um, did you think that it didn't really feel like momentum flipped a lot when he got kicked out like it does for some other of these players? Uh, how do you think he played overall at that nose guard position before uh, before getting that targeting call? Well, I, I think he played well. Uh, I wouldn't say – well, I mean – yeah, I think he played really well. And I think had he been in the game, late in the game, uh, I think uh, Nebraska would have come up with a, a couple of stops. That maybe, maybe we'll yeah. never know. But I, I think he is he could have been the difference in that. Again, we'll never know. But, uh, yeah, just uh, I hated to see that. I thought that was the right call. I don't think that – some of those those targeting calls, I just shake my head and say, come on, it's football. Yeah. But, he, you know, he knows the rules, and, and you just can't do that. Yeah, I think it was just unfortunate. Just, just the way that like it wasn't a, it, it was a. I think he could have avoided it, uh, but it also was kind of close to being one where it's like, oh, how are you supposed to move? Kind of, I don't know. When I first saw it in replay, uh, I was like, oh, that's not targeting at all. What are they saying? And I'm like, oh, he'll be fine. Uh, and then I saw it from another angle, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's targeting. I think he knew it. Uh, yeah. after he did, he kind of seemed like he wasn't really arguing a lot. No one was really arguing for like the rule wasn't getting upset about it on the sidelines. Uh, like I think they just knew. So really unfortunate for him. And of course, losing him for the first half of CU is going to be big because, uh, I, I, maybe not as big as it would be if we're playing a Ohio's not Ohio State, sorry, a Michigan or something like that, where that the team runs the ball a lot and we need those big bodies up front. Right. Now, luckily Colorado is God awful at running the ball. Um, so or not, not god awful they're they're pretty pretty terrible at running the ball they can do it if they want to but it's not what they normally go to first so um who were your standout players i, I know there are that we we've we've harked on jeff sims a lot for his mistakes and i don't think he had a great game i think he'll tell you that much uh, he did show a lot of promise though i did like uh seeing him being able to run and pick up those first downs that's something nebraska can build off of uh, and and he looked like a decent passer as well. I mean, I know the receiving core is kind of down. Uh, Marcus Washington didn't play a lot. He had maybe one or two catches on three targets or so. And he was benched um, for the first half uh, right. due to disciplinary problems. Right. Yeah. 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 And and I think he'll be over that, and we'll we'll get him back for CU next week. But um, where where do you see the positive performances coming from from Nebraska in this game, Grandpa? What are some of the players that really stuck out to you in a game that didn't have a lot of standout performances? Well, I, I go back to special teams and defense. Those are the two bright spots in in this Husker program. If they if and, and we knew in fall camp that uh, the defense was ahead of the offense. You know, we heard that from reports, uh, every every scrimmage that they had, practices they'd have. Um, so as far as singling out, I mean, you love Omar Brown's interception. That that was that yeah. was a game changer too. Um, and I loved uh, obviously Ramir Johnson's kickoff return. I liked Gabe Irvin's run that he had. I think it was in the third quarter. I don't remember. He was. It looked like it was going to be tackled for no gain, and he bust outside and had about you know twenty yard gain. It was that was what they expected of Gabe, and but you know you saw a lot of running backs there. 
somebody said, well, why did they have Anthony Grant in there when the game is on the line if he had trouble um, with with fumbling in, in fall camp? And I, that's a great question. I don't know why he didn't have Gabe in there or, you know, maybe yeah. we're here. I don't know. Uh, I, my guess is it's I, I I've thought about this because I, I thought about that question and I was like why would why would rule put Anthony Grant in in a game such in a, in a situation where we needed to run the ball and you cannot fumble it there and there's still time left for Minnesota to win this game or tie it uh, so if you lose it's not like there's a minute left and you're on Minnesota's 30 yard line that's kind of a different story uh, because they would have needed a touchdown need to go about 70 yards but my thinking is it's a Matt rule, just principle thing of, Hey, I know you fumbled a lot in fall camp, but we know that we trust you. We trust that you've been working on that. Um, and I, I'm sure he was, and I'm sure they harked on him about it, but it's just, when it comes into game time situations, it's harder. It's, it's always different than practice because you're getting guys punching at the ball. And to be fair, that was a greatly, it was a great place punch from the Minnesota defender to knock that ball loose. Um, but, he should have had both hands. He should have had his arms right. around that football because right. that's the precious thing. It's like right. carrying a baby. You you can't drop the baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But going back to my point, I think that the reason that Anthony Grant was in there is it's a I think it's just a quirk of Matt Rule of he wants to allow these kids to like forgive them and then let them go prove it. So I don't know if we'll see Anthony Grant running the ball in game clinching situations anymore. Uh, it might take a little bit, but I think that was just a maybe a Matt Rule downfall of him wanting to instill his culture even more uh, at the wrong time when it was let's go win the game and just give it to the guys you know can do it and let Anthony Grant do this another time or something it, when it's less of a risk or something like that. But I, I mean that's that's my thought. I don't know if you agree with that, Grandpa, or if you just think it was a stupid uh, rotation I, I decision. I wouldn't have had him in there. I, that, but I wouldn't have had him in there either if I was a coach. Uh, I'm agreeing with you. I just think that that's Matt Rule's thought process is he wants to give them second chances for things, and I think it just was a. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I don't know Matt Rule that well. I just that's just the vibe I get from him is that he would do something like that in a game uh, that's that's that close. Is just give it to someone who has something to prove. So then, therefore, he thinks that they'll play uh, even harder and and not want to lose the game. And of course, he ended up Anthony Grant ended up basically losing the game for us. Of course, you can pin that on their defense too for not making a stop. But what are you going to do when you fumble the ball? at the 40 yard line and then you throw an interception at the 50 it's like okay i don't know what you want me to do at that point but Uh, i thought uh i was i was surprised that prince will i'm going to try to pronounce his last name uma malin uh got in he wasn't even listed on the depth chart any depth chart i thought it's got to be something wrong with him he must be injured he was in there for maybe a couple of plays and then it was good to see jalen lloyd who's a true freshman out of west side high Yep. Uh, along with his teammate Tristan Albano. Yeah. Player. Yeah, we got to talk that about that. What do you, I mean, we talked about special teams a little bit, but what did you think of Tristan getting his first act Nebraska action? And we figured out why we didn't see him at the spring game. They said he's been injured through spring camp and fall camp battling different injuries. So, that explains why we haven't heard a lot from the kicker battle and it finally finally got resolved the first game of the season, which is great to always get How does a place kicker get hurt? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I know in in camp too. Like it's not like you're taking hits. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but that's weird. Uh, what did you What did you think of What did you think of uh, Alvano? Yeah, he's well. We watched him in the uh, in the Class A championship game uh, last yeah. November. And we just said, "Wow, this kid 
we kicked what four or five field goals, won the game and the last minute field goal. And it was like a 47 yarder. Yeah, it was. I mean, he hit he had a 53 yarder, I think, at some point in that game. Like he has yeah. a leg and that's on collegiate oh, yeah. field goals, too. We've talked about this extensively, but uh, I mean, just super impressed with him. But I mean, to see him in action for college, uh, I mean, he had one field goal. He did kickoffs. Uh, kickoffs, obviously, a little bit different. He couldn't hit it as far. I think Minnesota had returned every single kickoff. But from what I'm seeing this weekend, uh, just with college football in general, uh, it doesn't seem like a lot of these kickers have their kickoff legs under them yet. A lot of these kicks are getting returned. So, Were, were you surprised that Thomas Fedoni, they didn't even throw to him? Yeah, I I really don't know. I mean, I, I know they like Borkature there and they talked about that before the game but you think that Fedoni's healthy maybe it's maybe it's a thing if they don't want to risk an injury again and they'll use him next week I have no clue what that was about but you think if he's healthy you want to use him to the full extent I don't know I, I think Nebraska has an ability it's becoming very popular in college football uh, they were talking about this during the Florida State LSU game last night to have a uh, two tight end set um, or sorry, two tight end, yeah, two tight end set, two tight end formation in college football, like what Georgia ran last year with Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, where you have two stellar tight ends. I think Nebraska could do something of the same, where you have Borkacher and Fedoni on the field at the same time. You got to cover one of them. They're both pretty darn good tight ends. I think Fedoni has a higher ceiling, obviously, uh, but you got to figure out what to do. What they can block, um, or or they can you can slip them out into the flat and get an easy four or five yards out of them. So I don't, I don't know if Satterfield just didn't want to use him as much for injury reasons or what that was about, but that was weird to me that his name didn't really come up all night. Uh, it, it did like at the beginning when they were going over the depth chart and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, didn't hear the name Fedoni all night, which is weird for, for a game where it seemed what, like Nebraska needed think, him. What did you think of uh, Henrich Harburg coming in as basically like a wing back? <laughs> You caught a ten yard yeah. first down pass. I said, "Wow!" I mean, seen that sure. I, I mean, I, they. I think Matt Rule wants to use him. He's an athlete. He's fast, and yeah. and he's yeah. he's a kid that they can really plug in anywhere. I feel like I, I think he's a great quarterback as well. So if Jeff Sims goes down, I'm not really worried about him stepping up uh, for for that second string spot. But uh, it, it was interesting, and uh, he's proven that he can he can play a bunch of different spots. I'm not. I'm sure that's the. Not the last time we're going to see him in something like that this year where they, they it seems like Satterfield likes to kind of be a little bit quirky with his play calls on offense. Uh, like, like that play call that you were just talking about where you bring Harburg in as a wing back and throw him a pass for a first down, or you get Gabe Irvin lateraling it to Jeff Sims for, a, and then throwing it to a wide open Alex Bullock for a, for a touchdown. So, I mean, there's, there's going to be some trickeration and, and some trick plays for Nebraska this year. I think we'll see more risk taking from Satterfield, which may or may not be good, but we'll see. Nebraska has got to prove that it can run its normal offense first to me, but. You wonder, you wonder if, uh, that play, uh, you know, when they had Harbor again as a, as a wingback, that they're going to set up that they have other plays off that same formation. Oh, they have to. Yeah. And they got to, they got to account for two quarterbacks in there. You know, what's going to happen is that Harburg's going to throw to Jeff Sims. You know, that's going to happen. Yep. Um, cause and, and then, um, uh, Fedoni, maybe they're just setting him up for this game coming up Saturday that, uh, Oh geez, they don't go to this guy. They didn't even throw to him. We can ignore him because if Fedoni is a great, I think potentially a great player, 
and why they yeah. didn't even throw to him uh, Saturday or Thursday was a little bit strange to me. But again, I we'll have to see how this how this thing unfolds. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other thoughts on the Minnesota game before we start previewing this CU no. clash coming up here? Okay. No, uh, CU, Nebraska, next week in Boulder. Kickoff 10 o'clock Mountain Time, 11 o'clock Central Time, 12 o'clock Eastern Time, um, and 9 o'clock a.m. on the West Coast. Just thought I'd round it out there. I don't know why I said all the time zones. But um, what are your initial thoughts going into this year, Grandpa? See you, of course, if, if you don't if, if uh, you don't know, one forty five forty two over number 17 ranked TCU on Saturday. Uh, Shadur Sanders, the son of uh, Deion Sanders, who's now the coach of Colorado, obviously. Uh, I'm sure everyone has heard about that, even if you don't follow college football at all. Um, he threw for a school record 501 yards. No, 510. Uh, 510. Sorry, I thought it was 501. Yeah, um, 510 passing yards. Okay. Uh, and I, five touchdowns, I believe. Um, so, I mean, that is insane. Uh, and uh, Travis Hunter, who plays both ways for Colorado, yeah. which I haven't, I haven't seen anything like that. And I don't think a lot of people have. Everyone's comparing him to Charles Woodson. I think he's, I mean, you look at college football now, it's way more brutal and, and bruising and, and, stamina decrease like stamina planet sorry not planishing um it, it takes a lot more stamina to play college football now than it did when charles woodson was at michigan uh and travis hunter being a two-way star at wide receiver and cornerback uh is is something that's really scary for nebraska um but cu's favored by two and a half points in this game I mean, they should be favored. I agree with that line. I think it should be way more. I am really worried that Nebraska is just going to get absolutely slaughtered because the CU's offense is so like high octane and so high powered that I just don't like. I don't think Nebraska can stop it. They you score forty five points. I get it. I here's here's what I was gonna say when I, when we were when we were talking about this before, and I said I had thoughts on the CU TCU game. Everyone's acting like CU beat a massive. It was. I mean, CU TCU was favored by twenty. That line is bogus. I don't know where that came from. I don't understand uh, what's going on with that, but. CU one by three. It's it, they're like, oh, it's a big upset. It's a big upset. I understand that you people didn't know what this Colorado team was going to be like this year, but there's no way that you can think that this TCU team deserves that much respect. They should not be in the top twenty-five. They're not a good team. Chandler Morris is a fine quarterback. He's not great. He made some really stupid throws. Uh, it's you can tell why Max Duggan was replaced sorry why max duggan replaced him even after he got injured and they, and why they kept him when chandler morris was healthy again it's just like you can't see you this game was very evenly matched and both these teams really really have no defense so cu has no run defense whatsoever so if nebraska can get running the ball next week that's going to be huge if um if and CU can't really run the ball either we talked about that so it's just 
I mean, I, I think CU should be favored by more because of their passing attack, but it's going to be interesting because the secondary for Nebraska is kind of the defensive strength, I want to say. And, I well, did you see Nick Heinrich was not playing against Minnesota, Grandpa? That was right. the one thing I did right. want to say. Do we think he's going to be back next week? I didn't really hear what they said. Don't know. I, I okay. was surprised. I thought he was all healed. and he I thought ready. he was too. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but uh, I've been talking about this CU – TCU game here for for a bit, and I I think that my conclusion is I think CU is going to win this game. I know I said in our season preview I said I think Nebraska can win this game. Based off film now, Nebraska shoots themselves in the foot too much, and CU can score too many points too quickly. So I think Nebraska is going to lose this game. Actually, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, here, Grandpa? Um, I think you were really uh, getting close to the issue. We don't, we do not know how good TCU is this year. We're, we're basing that right. they, they played in the national championship game last year in which they got slaughtered 65 to seven by Georgia. Right. By a, by a very, very good Georgia team. I, I mean, and, I mean, you, you take, take from that what you will, but I think this TCU team is way overhyped. I think that they are not good whatsoever. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, this is not going to be a 45-42 game. Uh, it's going to no. be scoring, I believe. Um, and and Nebraska, I think the defense is will find out what they're made of. And, but if Nebraska goes in there and and has four turnovers, forget it. We will get our butts stomped. There's no oh, yes. about it. We're, we're and that that's why TCU lost that game this weekend. They made he, Chandler Morris through, I believe, three or four interceptions. I, I think it was maybe three. I think three interceptions um, across the game and you lose by three. So, I mean, Nebraska, you throw three interceptions. We're going to lose by about 21 to that CU team if we do that. So Matt Rule is going to be focusing on ball security, or he better be focusing on ball security, making smart decisions for Jeff Sims, focusing on not throwing interceptions, winning the turnover battle. Uh, we, We talked in our preview show for this Minnesota game, about Nebraska having to win the turnover battle to to win that game. There were ways for Nebraska to still win that Minnesota yes. game without winning the turnover battle. Right. This right. game against CU, you are not winning the game if you cannot no. win or at least tie the turnover battle. Right. So right. that is this is this is much more important that Nebraska does not turn the ball over and does not make stupid mistakes. Uh, we didn't really talk about the penalties. That is something that Nebraska has to get under control. Uh, and it just, it, it's been a, a problem. Mm-hmm. I, I understand you have, you always have a lot of penalties first week one and Nebraska is just, some of those were just inexcusable, stupid false starts or whatever, but you got to get that figured out. See you, that stadium is going to be packed. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a very hostile environment. Like you have to be ready mentally to go into that and be mentally locked in. And I don't think, I don't think Nebraska or all of the Nebraska players were on Thursday against Minnesota. They have to fix that for the CU game. Yeah. Um, again, I, I go back. We'll, we'll know a lot. We'll know a lot about Nebraska, about Colorado, about TCU and Minnesota. It's all going to come. Be, I've seen this. Happen. Look, look at what, what Oklahoma did to Nebraska last year. Just killed us in Lincoln. And they ended up, Oklahoma ended up with a losing season. They were six and seven. They did go to a bowl game. Yeah. So I don't, you know, and, and the fact that they beat TCU, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a heck of an accomplishment. And I had people tell me, you know, that that maybe we we hired the wrong guy. Maybe. I think this is, we still don't know. Um, 
it could be it could be that that uh that neon dion is is the second coming of whatever um but we'll we'll find out more about those four teams uh at about two o'clock on uh on saturday i can't wait uh uh it and it's you know for Matt Rule, he has to start on the road, you know, two games, and it doesn't even have the benefit of of having a home field advantage, um, and to play as well. And, and you brought up a, a great point. They have four turnovers, and you're still in position to win the game. That that is phenomenal. Uh, that's that's yeah. a testimony to uh, the the defense, and I believe special teams. Yes. So it's uh, it, I just saw another. Uh, CU is favored by three and a half points now. That's not a big deal, but no. And, and I, th- I still think. Do you right. Do you think it should be more? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. And that that's fine. And they they should be favored. That's uh, any you know we were looking at this is before the season began a couple months ago. We kind of penciled in a win at Colorado, win at uh, at home Northern Illinois and La Tech. Kind of pencil those things in, but right now. We find out that uh, maybe uh, maybe Prime has uh, uh, a really good team. We don't know. They brought in eighty six new players. How do you, how do you even do that? And a new coaching I staff. Know. It's unprecedented. It, what he's doing is unprecedented. So we'll have to see next week. But I mean, at least okay. I will say this quick positive to finish this out. Uh, at least Nebraska didn't totally blow it like some other Big Ten teams did that we had high expectations. Uh, Purdue lost to Fresno State. So we'll take we'll take that. We'll, I'll take the Minnesota loss versus losing to a uh, group of five team. But, I mean, that's that's I think that's all we have time for today. So uh, we'll be back next week with a CU preview. Uh, I mean, do, do, you still, do you still believe that we can um, – win the CU game, Grandpa? Do you th- oh, I think we can finish with that. Yeah, I think we can but too. the caveat there is you, you got to win the t- – as you eloquently said, we got to either not lose it or tie the uh, the turnover battle, and, and we'll see yep. what happens. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with that CU preview, hopefully the first win of the Matt Rule era. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening every single week, uh, even with all the continued losses uh, by, by this Nebraska Cornhuskers team. Hopefully it ends up turning around here soon uh, with CU, but we'll see. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. If you want to follow us over on Twitter, uh, HBTH, uh, sorry, HBT Huskers pod over on Twitter, or you can email us at huskerdan at cox.net or uh, HBTH podcast at protonmail.com. We'll talk to you next week with that CU game review and a Northern Illinois preview. Tell all your that friends. Coming, yeah, tell, tell your friends, friends, tell everybody, tell everyone about the show, all that coming to you next week. Uh, and as always, go big!